Morning. It's Monday, episode 195. Should be episode 196, but Geo screwed us on Thursday. Wednesday night, actually, we got the we got the note. Yep. Good to give us a little bit more of a heads up on that one, you know? Yeah. No go tomorrow, guys. Uh, I forgot to mention I'm going to Arizona. Oh, okay. Arizona. Thanks, Geo. So if anyone, you know, we had people say no show today. What the what's going on, guys? Where are you? Well, thank Geo for that one. So Thursday, we can't function on Thursdays without Geo. That's just how it works. He's he's that important. Uh, so good morning. Morning. I'm really looking forward to the Christmas break. I can't imagine how the players are feeling. So let me just start with that. And everywhere across the league, but I am. So I'm just I'm getting burned. So out. they play what the 23rd. They they play the 23rd at home against Tampa Bay, which is uh, which is nice. And then they have the 24th, 25th, 26th off. And that uh, that I I can't uh, begin to tell you that halfway mark yet. But we are. You know, usually I find I find that Christmas break always kind of like the separator separator of the season, right? I don't know if you feel the same way. Um, it's nice to kind of spend a couple of days with uh, with uh, your family and friends and uh, enjoy yourself a little bit. And I think uh, the Sabers are, are are looking forward to this break. And let me tell you, there's not a better time to take a break than when you when you're feeling good about where your game's at. You know, oh last- really? I was about to say the opposite. Like do do teams want to take a break at a point where things are going well? Like you almost feel like the next game was tomorrow. I remember, yeah. I remember you'd win a big game, and you'd come in and be like, "Let's let's play let's play the next game right now." You know what I mean? Because you just feel so good about yourselves and how you're feeling. So I I I I kind of look at that as like the sometimes these breaks, all star breaks and Olympic breaks come at come at the wrong time. Because it kind of gives everybody else a, a, a bit of an edge to either get over something or well, get, everybody's on the same playing fear field. I've I've been on both sides. I've been on both sides many times. I've been on sides where you're going into the Christmas break and your team is playing exceptionally well, and uh, you feel really good about where your game's at personally and as as a team. But I've also been on the other side. I have absolutely been on the other side where there's there's just that that gut wrenching feeling of just trying to, you you know, you're stressed out more than before. You're trying to find your own game along with your team because the team has lost games, you know, a number of games moving into the Christmas break. I'll tell you this. I 1000% want to be the team that's playing great hockey that has a really great mood and great atmosphere. And you can go and recharge your batteries and just get back to work in, in, in a couple of days. That's the way I, I look. Yeah, at I think right the now the Sabres, well, three wins in a row. Man, man, I just keep going back to that eight game losing streak that the Sabres were on, um, you know, near the near the beginning of the year. They started off very well, and then they just kind of went on this uh, this torrid losing streak of eight games. And it's just like, man, if you just would have broken 500 on that, you'd be a playoff team right now. You'd be in the playoffs right now if you were a 500 team but they weren't and you know i i I think to myself because the question was asked at the really really early on in the season when the sabers are they were like to start the season they were blowing it out of the water and i remember 
you know, listening to some talk shows and, 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 and people that were talking about the Sabres, I think we were like less than 10 games into the season. And the conversation was, is this a playoff team? Are they going to make the playoffs? And I was just like, Oh my God, we are 10, 10 games into the season. We don't even know what we have yet in this, in this young team. I just think it's too early. You go and fast forward 20 some games and you think to yourself, would you have ever imagined yourself? Like, I want to know what fan in Saberland, if there is any, what would the percentage be to think that Tage Thompson would be in the top three point getters in the league and sitting second in goals? I didn't. I didn't. You don't have to save the land. I can tell you, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think anybody did. No, I think some people might have thought that he was that good. Absolutely. Not one single person on the freaking planet right now would ever say that Tage Thompson would be a top three point producer in this league and a top two goal scorer. Do you remember when he right took now? off? Because it wasn't in the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Yeah. Took it was time to he get had, He had a goal and two assists in his first seven games. And I was getting message saying, Oh, don't say I told you so. Because, you know, and I remember you and I were having that conversation of, You must be loving this, eh, PD? Because he's got a goal and two assists in seven games. And I said, And, and I, this was off the air, and I wish we had recorded it. And I remember I said, I'm like, I'm not saying that. I'm never going to say that because a guy like this comes around and bites you in the ass and makes yeah. you look stupid. Yeah. And, and the then, conversation and the, with you had the game against Chicago, the two yeah. goals and one assist in that. And ever since then, he has been completely, completely a different player. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I remember you saying this at the start of the year. And, uh, you know, listen, I would love to be able to shit on you and, and point the finger in your face and laugh at you and say, I'm right and you're wrong. But I'm going to tell you this at the very beginning when Tage Thompson in the summertime, when he, when he ended up signing that contract and I was elated with Kevin Adams making an executive decision to sign this, this player early after ultimately one, one good year, only one in this league. And you were very, very against the signing. Okay. And I was like, you know what? This could backfire because he's only a one one year player that produced but i think his upside is is could be tremendous and well, you the kicker said, to it too just before you hold that the kicker to it as well is he's still only on a he's making what his 1.6 this year 1.4 i think is his cap hit so it's not yeah. even the first year of his 50 million dollar contract yeah, so exactly technically that's like a get it a jail free card if he has a bad season but had going into that, you were very, and I agree. We, I, I think it's the right thing to do to sign Tage Thompson. You did not. You think you thought this guy's got to play it out. This guy has to play it out, and if he does what we all want him to do, then you pay him for it. But there's consequences that come with that, and Kevin Adams chose, and I think saw enough from Tage Thompson you know, internally in the organization and, and watching him in practice games that the level that Tage Thompson could get to, Kevin felt very comfortable signing this contract. But you were not against 
Tage Thompson at any point in time. You loved Tage Thompson. You just felt like it was the right thing to do would be to wait. And I remember going back. There was 50. It was 50-50 down the split. The people that were texting after the whistle and sending us stuff on Twitter, a lot of them were on my side and and liking the idea of signing Tager early, but there was a tremendous amount of people that were still concerned that Tage had only done it for one year. Had like when I say one year, had a really big year. Um but to look at what this young man's doing right now, this is what this team needs. It's what the organization needs is for one of their players. And we've talked about this in the past that they need a player to explode. They need a player to hop out and take the reins of this team and then have everybody funnel in behind and make this team great. And Tage Thompson as you know, I was hoping that he would have a great season. I told you at this, do you remember the uh, point totals that I was, would have been really pleased with for Tage? Remember that? I think it was like, was it like 88 points or eight, 90 nope. points? Nope. No way. No, how no, many, no, no, no. How many? Everybody's, everybody's like, well, what is a great, what is a great year? And like, what, you know, in order for him to earn his money and 30, like, I think you said, what'd you say? 30? I said 27 goals. Okay, I said 27 goals. If Tage Thompson gets you 27 goals a year and 70 points, that is more than earning his $7 million contract. Yeah, 27 goals I'd... every single year for the for the the duration of that contract, 27 goals and 70 points. That's a lot of points in this league. Yeah. That's that's better than Van Riemsdyk, Evander Kane, and uh, Pacioretty, yes. and they're yep. all those Gallagher's where, making six five. That was like, the fit. That was the the contract number that we yes. were adamant about for Jeff Skinner. Like Jeff, Did you Skinner, look at him what he's doing now. He's got forty nine points already in thirty one games. He's on pace nice. for like a hundred and twenty points, which is like mind blowing. Who? Cage. Yeah, I thought I thought you were talking about Skinner because I was saying that that's the salary that, and then you you said he's on pace for this. I know Skinner's still having a good season, though. You know, but um, would you trade Skinner if you had an opportunity right now I wouldn't, I to trade what... Skinner? What would you do with him? I can say it. I can eat my words too, though. I can eat them if you, if you play the if you play the proper way, and you do things the right way, and you play with that. You know, he's so irritating to play against. I'm watching players on the other team. They literally just want to kill him. And if you have that and Jeff Skinner plays that way and you have other players on the other team that want to kill him all game long, Jeff Skinner's playing at an elite level because he's hungry. He's into it. You know, he he has produced points his entire career. So it's not like it's, wow, Jeff Skinner is playing super well. No, he's he's basically playing the way he's done a large part of his career. The thing is, can Jeff Skinner add some intangibles to his game to make him even better? And he, I think he's done that the last 10, 10 to 15 games. Alex Tuck and Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner has been an, a bona fide big boy number one line in this league. And that's probably why uh, right now I wouldn't trade them because they have some good chemistry going. When are you going to trade them? You're gonna trade a nine million dollar contract when he's when he's not playing well. Yeah, okay, I would trade him. I was just trying to say something nice. 
But it's not like it's not like Tage missed a beat without him. Let's be honest. Tage Thompson didn't miss a beat without him. He was still he was still putting up points. Agreed. He still looked I think, good. I, I I think Tage is is at a level right now. I think uh, you know obviously you know for for Tage to have a success, he's had a lot of success in the power play. You you've we've all watched. You know he's got twelve power play goals, so half his goals have been on the power play. Um, he's got twenty two points, almost you know just under half of his points have been on the power play. He's he's played exceptionally well. I think Alex Tuck is playing at a level that I mean this is the level that that a guy like Alex Tuck needs to play at. You know every single game for 82 games for the next 10 years of this guy's career. And he is going to be a monster, monster type player with his size and speed and, and skill. And not only is he a power play guy, he's, he's a a penalty kill guy, incredible penalty kill by, by Alex Tuck in the last game. You know, this is where you're utilizing your best players to get the job done. And he was, he was through the roof with the way that he's playing right now. All right. I want to go back to the uh, standings discussion. When you mentioned the eight game losing streak, where would the Sabres be if they were 500 on that, on that, uh, in that span of time, you know what? And let's not even play that game because what's done is done. Let's look at where they are now. I want to look at where they are now and the teams they have to leapfrog to get over because the Atlantic division is set. Whether And I don't mean set from those are going to be the standings, but those are going to be the three teams that are in the division. You're going to have Boston, Toronto, Tampa. That's not changing. So the Sabres, if they are going to get in, have to get in through the wild card. Okay? Yeah. Right now, they sit behind Detroit, Florida, and Washington. Well, okay. whoa, whoa, whoa. And so New York what, Islanders. What, what do you mean by that? What do you mean sit behind? I know they're sitting behind, but they well, have the same, with the, the same amount of points, more games. Okay. So Detroit, Detroit has, has played one last game than Buffalo. So they're ahead of them in the standings. Let's okay. Just, but they both have 32 points. Okay. Detroit has an advantage. How's that? Fine. But they have to leapfrog Detroit, Florida, Washington, and Florida the, has 34 points and the island two more than Buffalo and Buffalo has an okay. extra game. Your tone is defensive. I'm not saying that it's it's not impossible. I'm just mentioning the teams that are ahead of them. And all I was going to say was it's ama- very, very doable. It's it's amazing what time does. It's amazing what time does. First 10 games of the season, we're talking about the Sabres. And, you know, hockey outlets are talking about, well, can the Sabres make the playoffs? Do they have enough with this young team and this and that? And all of a sudden, the next 10 games, the Sabres went you know, on an eight game losing streak and everyone went, you know what? That's the Sabres. They suck. Let's go for the first pick overall. And, uh, Connor, uh, Bedard. Hey, guilty as charged. We were running the draft simulator and (laughs) (laughs) we were running the draft simulator like literally 15 games ago. Uh. Like, and now all of a sudden you're looking at this team and I, and I'm going to throw this young man's name out. Because I think that there has to be a correlation to the team and the winning that goes along with this player in the lineup. And I think oh, it, no. it, it, it's... Oh, no. Well, I, is, I mean... Is he the savior? 
he must be the unsung hero. I don't think he's a savior. I don't think he's a savior, but I mean, the Sabres need certain types of players. They need certain types of players to win. You don't have all, you don't want all of the same type of player because certain different players will help in building that puzzle. Okay. Matias Samuelson steps back in the lineup and this team has not looked back. They have played exceptionally well since his return from injury. And, and that's, you know, a feather in uh, Matias, uh, his, his hat, because he plays a certain style. He allows Rasmus Dahlin to have a little bit more confidence. He's much more mindful of defensive play. He's, even though he's a defender first type player, he also has the skills and the skating for a big man to move the puck exceptionally well. And I think it's, it's, it's really helped the team. It's really helped the team. And now you have Tage Thompson, who still has, has completely exploded. You have Jeff Skinner, who's ex- exploded in, in his game. Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins, they've taken off, completely taken off. But again, this team is continuing still to deal with a little bit of adversity with with injuries. Like when you have Owen Power, Yoki Haru, and uh, Labushkin, who's out of your lineup, when you're talking, dealing with that many, and Bryson, for that matter, if you want to throw him in there, another top six defenseman, you have four of those guys out and they're still winning some hockey games. It's you know, I don't think it's going to last. It's not going to last if you if you don't get those other guys back and into your lineup, because I, I I do believe that they will be exposed in the back end. But the team has played very well. And when I sit here and I you know, listen, we do the same thing every day. You go on and you look at the stats, you look at the game stats, you look at the minutes played, shots on net, goals, points, plus minus hits. You're looking at everything, but then you then you go to the league standings. You see where, you know, the movement of certain teams in the league, and Buffalo right now is a few games away from putting themselves in a very good position because the Islanders who are sitting in a wild card spot currently right now at 37 points, they have not played overly well. They have not played overly well. I mean, it, it, it gets harder after Christmas. We, we talked about this, but they played Vegas tonight. Okay. Not an easy game. By the way, I don't know if Jack, I, what's wrong with Jack? He hasn't played I in, I don't know. He hasn't played in a, uh, it's, well, he missed that game back against Boston. So however many yeah. games ago that was, five games ago maybe for them. Yep. He missed the game in Boston, which you know is is problematic if he's not going to play in Boston. So I don't know if he's back. I haven't even heard a report about him lately. So they're trying to maybe keep that one under wraps. But man, you know, the one thing you talk about Jack Eichel, injuries, 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 injuries. He has not been able to, to stay healthy through a season uh yeah. healthy. Except for his first year, I think he missed the one game, and it might have been in Carolina for flu. You know what's interesting? So, what you just said. What? You, what? Well, you had mentioned that the the Sabers have a real tough schedule, and I'm like, no, they don't. No, they don't. Like, listen, I mean, I'll go there and I'll say Vegas is 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 a very strong team. There's no question. Um, Tampa Bay has always been a strong team. 
Then they play Columbus Blue Jackets in Detroit. Both those teams are absolutely 100% winnable. Then they play Boston. Those are their next five games. And I, when I, when I looked at that, I was like, man, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough five games against, against three teams that I think are very, very good and two teams that are totally winnable. But then when you get into January, you have Ottawa Senators, 100% beatable. Capitals, 100% beatable. Well, you Minnesota. See, it's the thing. Like, Ottawa's playing well. Okay, but they're, 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 I, they're I, right I can sit the there Sabres. and say I that mean, Tampa Bay is, is, is beatable then. So is uh, Vegas. But I, but I think I think all these teams are beatable. I just, I just you have to look at it and say, in, you know, Tampa Bay, I would chalk that up to because you would say they're a better hockey team. Okay, Vegas, they are right now in the standings, a better yep. team. They dominated yep. the Sabres last time. Now, okay. no Jack Eichel. He had three goals. I, think he had I guess it's, it comes down to fear. Like, are you going to tell me right now that Ottawa Senators makes you nervous? No. I don't think Washington Capitals makes me nervous. I don't think Minnesota makes me nervous. I don't think Seattle makes me nervous. Well, this is the season I don't think where Winnipeg they have to run the nervous. table against the, these teams to prove that they are now better. So right go. now, I don't have the confidence in the team yet because of what the other teams have a histo- history of doing. So it's right. So it's more of a it's more of a challenging type yeah. statement than it is. I look at this. Is it that hard of a schedule when you put it the way you did? No, it's not. Yeah. But when you when you think about it the way I do, where it's like I'm still I'm still unsure of this team. Still, even after even with where they are, I yeah. I I don't know because of the eight game losing streak and the last eleven years if the wheels are going to fall off and yeah. when are they going to fall off? You know because it. How, can Craig Anderson sustain, uh, sustain this uh, level of play at 41? I sure hope so. I sure hope that Uka Pekalukanen can start to put together a string of wins, you know, starting with the Colorado Avalanche. That would be wonderful. Be well, wonderful. let me ask you. Can but I, I don't ask have you that confidence yet. So, yeah, Vegas, right now, if I have to predict these games only based on it's not belief, it's just I'm just not there yet. I would say that Vegas would be a loss. I would say that Tampa Bay would be a loss. I would say that I hope to God they don't walk in there thinking they're going to shit kick Columbus again because Columbus is going to be ready the day after their first game after the Christmas break. Yeah, I get it. They don't make you nervous, and they shouldn't because you're a better team than they are. But don't sleep on them. I honestly believe that the Sabres can beat any team in this entire league. Any single team, like I'll any tell team, you why. but they I'll could also why. lose they laid to the worst two team eggs, in the league. They laid two eggs against Pittsburgh. They let, they lost two games against Pittsburgh. Did they play bad? Well, they didn't play. They didn't win, period. So I don't okay, care how they, they played. They didn't. We're past the moral victories now, are we not? Like, oh, they yeah. played, but they played well. If you're talking to me about they can, no one scares me anymore, then lay off the moral victories. To me, if they had beaten Pittsburgh one of those games, I'd say, okay, the L.A. game, I think the Pacific Division is shit, okay? So the L.A. game, great. It was 6 nothing. Still, I mean, I, I don't, that, you know, the Colorado wins. But did the, you see Arizona you see win? LA? I expect that. Columbus, 9-4, 5 goals from Tage. Fine, I didn't see that coming, but I expect them to beat Columbus. I expect them to beat San Jose. They lost that Colorado game. I expect them to beat Detroit. They lost to Tampa. They got outclassed by New Jersey at home. Okay, they beat St. Louis. They beat Montreal. I expect that. They lost to Toronto. I expected that, but I want to win there. You know, they lost 4-1 to Ottawa. That should be a win. Like if you're like so that is where my hesitation comes in when I say this this five-game stretch isn't as easy as you think. 
That's all I'm saying. And the other side I was saying about them in the standings is they're five points from a wild card spot. But you know what's amazing about this league? Is they're five points from being in second last. They're they're very they're interesting on the teeter totter right now. They are on right? the teeter totter. They're they're yeah, and, and it's we're not even at the half the half you know season or uh, point mark in 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 the season. There's still a lot of hockey to be played. A lot of hockey. Fifty one games still to go. But they're playing some good hockey, and you know what they have currently that are playing at a high level. Your first line, which in order to win games in the National Hockey League, you need to have a number one line buzzing each and every game. They have that. Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck, and and Tage Thompson are buzzing. They also are starting to get starting to get secondary scoring from that next line that that uh Dylan Cousins, the Quinn, the Turka, I know they're young, but usually rookie players, really high-end rookie players, which I could name both, you know, uh Paterka and Quinn, seem to get better and make big strides in the second half of a year. Right? And I think that you will see that from these two young players like like that. Where the next you know, grouping, like you have to have, you have to have your defense healthy. I mean, they have not been healthy on the back end. Now they've had some players that have come in that have done a nice job to kind of fill the holes. But I mean, if you're, if your back end's not healthy and not playing at a hundred percent, it's going to be really tough to make the playoffs. Yeah. This team is, and their goaltending situation well, this this Sabres team is, I don't even want to say it, but they're one injury away to a key player from going the other way, right? So that just speaks to how thin the roster is. I would like to know when Kevin Adams might be making some moves, if at all this year, or if he, yeah. like, is this a year? Do you just ride it out? I mean... It's so they're not again, they're not at the point where they have proven enough to me that he should go and bolster the roster, but they're not at the point where I'm saying they shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? It's it it's a very interesting scenario uh that we're watching the Sabres in right now. Just because well, let me ask you this. You you don't know. You don't know what they are, or you don't you don't trust what they are yet. And maybe they deserve more, but maybe they don't. Well, we're going to find out. Did you hear Joel Edmondson could be available in Montreal? I did. Yes. That would be on my Christmas list. That's so what? So you're basically wanting a veteran defenseman? Yeah. Defenseman. Yeah. Left hand shot defenseman play on your bottom pair. That is literally the number one thing on my list. Left-hand shot defenseman or Joel? I Edmonton? didn't say left. I just said trade for a veteran top six defenseman. A veteran top six defenseman. Darlene's 22. Matias Samuelson's 22. Yogi Haru is 22. Owen Power is 20. I think that that, the, you know, the, the unit that we have of players is extremely, extremely impressive. Uh, Labushkin who has been been banged up for for some time now 
and happy that he, because I think he was playing through an injury, trying to fight through it. And at, at the, at some point they just kind of shut him down and say, Hey, you need to, you need to rest this. You need to heal this and, and come back and play at a hundred percent. He is going to be a fixture in your lineup. Okay. A little bit older. I think he's uh, what? 28 years old. Plays a really strong brand of hockey. He's physical. You know, he's a defender, but I still believe that we could probably uh, benefit from having a little bit more leadership uh, on the back end, a little bit more size, defending abilities, penalty killer, physicality, and just a veteran, a veteran influence on the back end. That's Joel Edmondson, Stanley Cup champion, 6'5", 220. It's not going to kill you. I guess my only question is why why would the Montreal Canadiens want to give him up? That's, that's the only that's the only red flags that go in my mind is why I, I don't know why they want to move him, but I sent you that text on December eighth. You know, Sportsnet. It came from uh, Eric Angle saying there should be a big market for Joel Edmondson services before the trade deadline, especially knowing just how much the alternate captain of the Montreal Canadiens brings both on and off the ice. Why are they looking to move him? I don't know. I don't care but I'm all in. I would go and get him. He would be a massive, a massive uh, piece to the team, a better piece for this team than Jacob Chikrin, where I it think sounds like I Arizona is looking for two firsts and a second or a high-end prospect. 100%. No, not taking 100%. Chikrin. I watched him the other night. He's, he's good. He's, he's very good. He's a Band-Aid. Massive, massive Band-Aid. Just not what we need right now. We need Joel Edmondson. We need his style of of player. He's 29 years old. He fits really well with and and to think 29 years old on our team is like an absolute dinosaur, okay? It's an old it's an old player because this team is so young. I just think that you you, you really want to make sure that you're bringing in a perfect fit for what you need. I think Joel Ed, Edmondson um, is making three and a half million dollars. He's got one more year after this year at three and a half million. He's only making three and a half million. Yeah, yeah. He's six five, two hundred and twenty four pounds. Okay, and he's a defender. He is a complete defender first. That's what his job is. He, uh, he, he, he he's probably going to be a very solid penalty killer. Um, he just adds leadership and calmness to Think a very about young your defense core. If you add him to your lineup, Darlene yes. six two, Samuelson six four. Think Darlene six three. Call him six two and a half. Six two and a half. Six four. Six six. What's Yoki Haru? You five eleven? Six feet? No, he's he's probably, probably six feet. Six one. Oh, okay, six feet. Then if you added him, he'd be six five and six two. Some big bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And you got, you know, listen, I mean, they can all play the game. Um, and you're and you're putting a piece in your lineup that just kind of maybe solidifies um your back end a little bit more. If there is injuries moving forward, you have a veteran influence on the back end. He's not gonna sit there, he's not gonna go and play 22 minutes a night at all. 
He is going to be probably anywhere from a 12 to 15 minute a night hockey player that is going to give you very service serviceable, solid minutes each and every night with a twist of leadership and calmness in the dressing room. And I think moving forward as this, as this young team moves into the darker days of the end of the season, I think that's kind of where you're going to need that influence, you know, to kind of help out guys like Kyla Poso and Gergensen and, you know, your older, older statesmen to calm this, uh, this group down. What else is on your list? Well, there's, there's just, again, it's, it's like my wish list, uh, from Santa it's there, there's players out there that, that I really like. Okay. But I don't think that we'll ever get them because the teams that have them value them in a massive way. And like, I talk about, I, I think about players like to have a third line center. Okay. That can play, you know, 16, 17, 18 minutes a night that has that veteran leadership. I like a guy like Lowry from, from Winnipeg. I absolutely love this player. He's a third line center. He is a very big man. He plays a physical style of hockey. He's going to be junkyard dog with goals in front of the net, but he can defend. He can skate. He can hit. He adds that element of size and physicality, and he's he's a really, really good hockey player. I love his game, but there's no way that Winnipeg is going to give him up. There's no way. So these, that is the style of player that I would like to see. Maybe a, a Barkley Goudreau, like I watch him in, 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 uh, playing for the Rangers. I just think that we need a style of player like that, that I believe will score goals, not a lot of goals. It's not going to score as many goals as Victor Olson, but I think that you can get more out of him and our team would benefit more by having that player in the lineup. Yeah. I think you need more than that up front. I really do. I think I'm just this, I, I, like, listen, I'm, I'm not looking to tear apart the team because I still believe that there's a lot of players that have not found. I'm not tearing apart the team. I'm asking for three players. I You need three. Two months ago or a month and a half ago, it might have been like five or six. But you know what? Uh, I'll settle for three. And that has to be a, an Edmondson. Like if, if, if Edmondson gets traded and the Sabres don't get him, I think that's a massive miss. And I have to go look and see. I have to go look and see because they have the currency to get any trade done, and without you don't have to overpay, but maybe you have to give a, oh maybe God. a little bit more. Sabers it, have so much in their war chest. Kevin Adams right now has a pot of gold, whether it's through draft picks, whether it's through players that have already been drafted that are well. We're young. Out. We're done. We well, can stop that conversation about Edmondson. Modified right. no trade clause. So over and done with yeah i don't uh i don't know i don't know about that you know listen i mean with what's going on and 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 players are not stupid pd you know this players are not stupid they watch they 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 have social media they have everything that we all have and and the tage thompson and you look at the what you see moving forward with certain teams I guarantee you there's players that are on other teams that the way they are looking at the Sabres right now, they you know, know why? 
You know, in a year from now, in two years from now, the Sabres are going to be at the top of the standings. Okay. Because of guys like Power, because of guys like Samuelson. But what you can say is they have cap space. So maybe that'll. Cap space not going to be there. Well, it It won't be there. I mean, you got to pay Rasmus Dahlin. You've got to pay Owen Power. You've got to pay Dylan Cousins. You're eventually going to have to pay Paterka. You're going to have to pay Quinn. You're going to have to pay a lot of guys a lot of money. Oh, those and that guys money are, that right those guys now that, are going to be on bridge what? deals and they'll be they'll be in the millions but they're it's not you don't know that. You don't you do not know that. You're looking at a you're looking at a rookie, okay? Right now in a Jack Quinn. He's on the first year of his deal, okay? He's going to finish this year out and he'll he'll probably have a a real nice year. What if he comes into year number two at 22 years old and shreds it? Absolutely. He's got 17 points right now in 26 games. He's just trying to figure out the league. But I've seen players like him with his talent level and the opportunity that he's going to get playing on the power play and playing with, let's just say that line stays together. JJ Paterka is going to be much better next year. I think Dylan Cousins is going to be much better next year. You could have a player like Jack Quinn that could go and score 27 goals last year. And you're telling me you can't find space to pay Edmondson three here, three and a half. He's not going to be making $5 million. He's not, he's not, he's going to be 29. No, no, no. I'm talking about only, only getting him for this contract, for getting him for now, this year. And next but I'm year. saying and after next get year, him here, he's going to come here because of the potential cap space and able to, to get paid no, maybe on no. a longer. Well, then I don't think then so. he's not coming here. Then what are we talking about? Let's not have the conversation anymore because he's not coming here. He's not coming here to sign an extension. Well, he he's not coming here. to He's not coming here for the next two years because he probably wants to win another Stanley Cup, not just ride off into the sunset on a three and a half million dollar deal in the highest tax state in United States or second highest. So he's not coming here. That's that. Sorry to sorry to ruin it for you, but he's not. So. Well, there's others around. Move on. You, you know, that, that's the that's where you have your your scouting staff and and uh, your professional scouting staff. And they sit there and they they're all over the league. Sabre has these guys all over the league. They watch. They they have a list. I'm sure they have a list. This is what you do. You have a list of of a potential defenseman that you would like. You have a list of potential goaltenders that you would like and forwards that you would like. This is how you, this is what they do in the war room and, and, and talk it out. And, and, you know, they're looking for their young players to continue to develop. I hate that word. I've it. We've heard it too much, but the reality is they're doing things right here. You're seeing development from, from young players. They're getting better and more confident. But there is going to be a point in time where Kevin Adams' job is going to start. And that's where he's going to have to identify and understand. I need a third line. Is Casey Middlestat, Victor Olofsson, Peyton Krebs, Rasmus Asplin, are these guys in my plans moving forward? And that's where he's going to have to make those decisions. The answer's not in Rochester either, by the way. Not like they have a whole... Those guys aren't your third-line type guys that you are putting your stock in. 
Those yeah. need to be trade pieces. Well, you know what? There, I, there's I, a lot of trade pieces on this team. I talked to Pex the other day. Um, and uh, subtle name drop. That's good. Carry on. Yeah, I I, I talked to Pex, and he said uh, he told me he said uh, there's some players down there that are going to be very good hockey players. You just need a little bit more time. They're a little bit green in their game, but there is potential to be some very good players coming out of Rochester. They're just very young right now. So, okay. That's, and they're getting a chance to play, which is good because if, if you got Quinn and Paterka and all those guys down there, they're just taking minutes away from those guys. Right. So those guys, now that Paterka and Quinn at the ages of, you know, 20 and 21, you have this next group of player, these, these first rounders that have been, uh, that have been, you know, working towards their game and now they're getting opportunity to play. They're getting lots of opportunity to play. And I think that's very important for the pipeline of, of this team moving forward. So uh, on a different note around the NHL, OV watch, I believe the Washington capitals are home to the Detroit Red Wings tonight. And wouldn't it be amazing for OV to pot a couple tonight? We don't have to Did get you imagine against Detroit. Yeah. It's tonight, 7 PM. Detroit at what Washington. a game. What a game. I, I read I read an article that uh you know, not that not that uh they wouldn't have supported Ovi, but uh I read an article that the Howe family is is uh really supporting Ovi in his pursuit to um his goal, which is obviously to pass Gordy Howe with one more goal, but also to chase the dream of uh, surpassing Wayne Gretzky. So, and, they, it, and uh, Ovi has the, has the support from the whole Howe family. And not just the Howe family, cool. but uh, the Washington Capitals. I'm not sure if you saw, but Ted Leonsis or Leonsis was uh, interviewed. And, and basically he said that the agreement was that if Ovi's going to stay and sign, and try to chase down the goal record He as a Washington Capitol. He doesn't want to do it as a third-line guy being thrown out there on the power play. Like we discussed, he wants to be a player. He wants to be a key player on the team, and he wants them to be competitive. He doesn't want them to go through a rebuild during this time. And they agreed to that. But in the, in the the on the flip side, the Capitals said, okay, that's fine. We will agree to keep this team competitive and continue to try to win another cup while you chase this record but you have to come to camp in shape and you have to come ready to play like it has to be that has to be your focus too so yeah. so there was more on the table than just the contract that was signed and and all this stuff was like it's all hidden language in there right because you know you look at Backstrom's deal what is it a three-year deal is he on a three-year he signed a three-year but Ovi signed a four I think Backstrom signed a three. Go go check this out. But it's all well. Backstrom's making. I I I don't know the length of the deal, but I know that he is making like nine point one. I think it was that contract that he signed. Um, pull it up right I, now. I have it right here. But they the two deals kind of coincide with each other. Yeah, Backstrom. Yeah, Backstrom. Nine point two million dollars this year, and two more. So he's done in 2024-25 season. Okay, so he has 3 years, this year and two more, and Obi has 4 years, this year and three more. Yep. 
So my guess is that the thought process is, is that Backstrom, even though he's not playing right now, helps Ovi get there or at least somewhat close to it. And then maybe Ovi rides off without him. But however you want to slice it, the owner of this team is putting himself and the franchise, I think, in a lot of risk by agreeing to do this. Why is that? Because I think this is the time where you trade away your stars. Yes. Like this, this whole team OV. should be torn apart. It should be torn apart. They're they're not going to win. They'll the next never win few again. Years. Yeah. You know because of the players that they have wrapped up in their salary cap. It's they're all there to to basically ride out with Ovi here on the for eight ninety five and we're and beyond. Yeah. And I just don't think they're going to be competitive enough with these players. And I think that you're not going to have any currency in return for these players to build. So now you're just, you're going to be building off, you know, maybe yeah. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 overall draft picks, which you never really know pan out where this team needs to trade all those guys away, go a couple more years in the basement, get a one, a two, a one, somewhere like like they did before with and how they got Ovi. They were terrible. And yeah. You know, so I, I really think there's I, I, I give the owner trying more, to keep this I give the owner more credit together. here for for sticking this out. You know what I mean? Like that's been a really loyal relationship yeah. between Leonce so and to uh, this. Ovechkin. <clears throat> so listen to this. Matt Irwin, 35 on defense. Eric Gustafson, 30. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, 31. Nick Jensen, 32. Dimitri Orloff, 31. John Carlson is 32. That's their defense core. That's Six old. guys over 30. Six guys. Then you have Ovi at 37. Kunetsov at 30. TJ Oshi has 11 points this year. 11. He is far, far beyond his capabilities of being an elite player in the game. He's 35. Um, Lars Eller, 33. Garnet Hathaway. 31. Connor Sheary's 30. Nick Dowd's 32. Marcus Johansson's 32. I, I mean, this team should be torn apart and rebuild. Like Washington Capitals need to do a complete rebuild on this. But I'm not kidding you. I believe that this owner, it, he is more concerned with Ovi. He's more concerned with making sure Ovi feels comfortable with these older players, guys that he, that he's gone to battle with and won with. And it they're going to have to stick it out for the next number of years. That's well, just as, the way it is. As long as Ovi's on that roster, they're going to pack the house. They're yes, going they to, will. They're going to pack the house, but the minute he retires, they are it might be empty there for a while and they will not have anyone coming up through the pipeline to replace him in it. That's kind of like the same thing in Pittsburgh. Once Crosby, Malkin, and Latang walk away, it is it's over. The lights are out for a while. A while cuz they've had a hell of a run and it's yeah. been and it's been trading away piece after piece and you look and it's like the Sabres have going back to the Sabres, they have all these pieces. They almost have an overload of the pieces that these teams need for when these players are traded away. So you know, it's very interesting circumstances. And Chicago is in the in the very same situation. They are they are at that point right now with uh Kane and Taves. Like it's over. 
It's over after they're gone. Think yeah. about that for a second. These yeah. teams that we have watched a lot of winning, kill it a lot of winning for year after year after year. Pittsburgh Penguins, they've got uh, they've got three three more years of the glory glory years, maybe four. I don't after think it'll that, be as glorious though. I don't think they'll ever get back to there. I, I would love to be wrong. Prove me wrong. I would love to see Pittsburgh win another cup. I really would. I think but it would aren't be you aren't you desire like I desire more than anything to see you know there's it, it was so long watching the um Detroit Red Wings back in my time win all the time and it was annoying and uh you look at you look at Chicago Blackhawks you know they're they had a great run they they won 3 Stanley Cups and now they're going to go through three, four years of really tough rebuild. You're going to have Taves and, and Kane will not be there. I think they can turn it around a little faster. Penguins were a dynasty team too. three Stanley cups. You're going to lose Malkin. You're going to lose Crosby. You're going to lose Latang in, in shortcoming. I am actually bored of all these teams winning. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice. I'm sick and tired of Pittsburgh. I'm sick and tired of the Washington Capitals. I'm sick and tired of the narrative of the OV Crosby thing. I I want something new. I'm I'm craving and I love what those players have done. I highly respect those players. I highly respect a Jonathan Taves and, and a Patrick Kane, but I'm craving this new generation of player. I'm just I'm I'm so excited to watch these new young talented hockey players come into the league and just explode and and, and that's and what and, and that's great. what Toronto is they were the bottom feeder for a lot of years people don't like the fact that they're doing it because it's Toronto but yeah. still they are the the example of what it is you're talking about that new team at the top New yeah. Jersey that team is a prime example of, yeah. of what we're talking about. You know, a, a Dallas Stars with some young stars. You know, the funny thing Robertson. with New Jersey is New Jersey's like one player away from being a a fan favorite to watch. Like they're missing as much as I know, as much as what is it, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Yeah, you know, like they're missing another big name star. And I don't know if New Jersey has the ability to acquire that type of player, but I mean, there are some really exciting young new teams like talk about them all the time, but Buffalo Sabres with what they have moving forward and they don't have to go out there and sign Kevin Adams did what he did by sitting on, on his hands a little bit and saying, I'm just going to let these guys play. I'm not taking opportunity away from these young guys. These guys will have to develop through good times and bad times, but these are our guys. These are the guys we draft in the first round, second round. These are the guys that we're going to go play with. I'm not going to go put band-aids on and say, Hey, I need this or need that. But there's going to be a point in time when Kevin Adams is going to have to identify what his real core is. And then you're going to have to start to funnel around it. That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.